What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam. Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world. We talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education so we can all simply be better for kids and the colleagues we work with. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by Schoolytics. As a former principal and director of innovation and technology for a really large school district, 35,000 students, I know firsthand how busy the school day is and how many different programs and, and add-ons there are for educators. Let me tell you, when it comes to managing and analyzing student data, Schoolytics is the solution that gets it done for you. Are you a superintendent, assistant soup, director of curriculum, principal? Maybe you're even in charge of all the data for the entire district. Schoolytics has the insights you didn't even know you needed without even having to ask for them. How amazing is that? And really, you can't lead or plan without. Thousands of school leaders are using Schoolytics right now in their districts all across the country. Progress reports, check. Scores organized by individual school, check. You have a big presentation to the school board coming up and you want to really drill down to all the usage data you need and that your board is going to ask for, check. Do you want data that connects all of the different sources and programs that your district is using? You know what I'm talking about, SIS, LMS, and assessment platforms, check, check, and check. Switch on Schoolytics to get more. Crank out the data that you need and just simply be better. Go to schoolytics.com. That's school, Y-T-I-C-S dot com to contact the team and get started today. Hey, and if you're looking for a speaker that is high energy, relevant, fun, and relatable, I am booking professional development days right now, still for 2022 and then starting in 2023. My calendar honestly is really filling up. I booked an event today for 2024. People are really planning. I've given well over 300 keynotes all across North America with breakout sessions and coaching and leadership strands. And I would just love to work with you, Adam Welcome at gmail.com or mradamwelcome.com for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. All right. My guest for today is Dr. Danielle Tormala. She is the superintendent, brand new superintendent of Wentzville School District in the uh, St. Louis area. And uh, she was recommended to me by a bunch of people on Twitter. And let me just tell you, Danielle and I had such an awesome conversation. You're going to be able to just feel her her mojo, her positive mojo and energy and just passion for education, kids, teachers, educators uh, in general. Do yourself a favor. Go to Twitter at Dr. Tormala WSD. It's also linked in the show notes. And uh, I really hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks for being here and uh, have an amazing day. Dr. Danielle Tormala, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, super excited. Everybody right now, make sure go to Twitter at Dr. Tormala. 
WSD. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well, but uh, you got to make sure you follow and connect with Danielle. I sent this like infamous tweet, I don't know, like a month ago saying, hey, I'm looking for superintendents to interview on the podcast. And I got like the most overwhelming response. If you're looking for an amazing list of superintendents to connect with, just go to my Twitter and look for the tweet. There are so many. And Danielle, who is a brand new superintendent, was recommended multiple times. So I poked you on uh, on Twitter on the side and said, let's let's have a conversation. So uh, here we are. But Danielle, for the people out there that just don't know who you are, give us a little background and just kind of tell us a little, little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, as an individual, I'm a wife and I'm a mom. I have two young daughters who are both in elementary school, an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. I have been in education now for 24 years. I started as an elementary teacher in the St. Louis area. Um, I taught for four years uh, and I moved into actually central office administration at Francis Health School District, which was um, right here in St. Charles County. Um, And from there, I moved to the St. Charles School District as the assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction and was quickly promoted to associate superintendent where I served as second command for the district. And I served there for 16 years. And this is my first year in the Wentzville School District in the same county as superintendent of schools. Um, And the Wentzville School District is a growing district. It's been growing for 20 years and we serve approximately um, 17,700 students. That's a pretty good size school district. A lot of the districts I work with are pretty rural, you know, like 500,000, 2,000 kids, but 17,000 um, is, is good. I, I like that size. Uh, Danielle, what advice do you have for aspiring leaders? I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of school districts all over the country. And when I talk to people, they say, I'm trying to get into admin, if it's, you know, site leadership or, or if it's an instructional coach, or if it's, you know, moving to central office, a lot of people, they want this advice. What is your best advice for those aspiring leaders out there? I think for an aspiring leader, look for the opportunities that connect with who you are and, and your why, and put yourself out there. Um, volunteer for the committees, volunteer to help support your school district with their new initiative or their strategic planning committee. There's always opportunities for people to get involved. And I would say that's definitely a place to start. But for our new administrators, when they get those positions, just being authentic and being themselves and connecting to their why and bringing their energy, being present, all of those things matter, leading from their heart. All of those things I would say, are critical for when you're aspiring for the job, but also when you get the job. Um, and then I would I would definitely say, just be open, be honest, be who you are. Don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to admit a mistake. You know, like we all have tribes of people who are rallying around us and they wanna see us succeed, our school system succeed. And we have to be in it together and be open and honest and be a part of that team and be willing to show a vulnerable side here and there um, so that people really know who we are as people and and what's important. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I would just add when you are vulnerable, I think you build stronger relationships with the people that you work with because they actually see that you're a human being and you're not this like email responding, you know, person that just writes reports and, and looks at data. It just it helps out. Well, you know, Wentzville is a, is a pretty, pretty big school district. Like you talked about, you have over 20 schools. So, you know, I'm sure there every year there's going to be like some turnover in in leadership and such. So with that being said, what advice you have? what what are you looking for what qualities are you looking for in you know we have a lot of principals and assistant principals that listen to this podcast or aspiring assistant principals and principals what qualities are you looking for in those site leaders i think there's some commonalities obviously across all educators and all uh, admin but i think the site the site person you know is a little bit different um any like, like what are you looking for what qualities um per se so it's interesting, like this year um, in Wentzville, we had 30 new administrators. Oh my gosh. 30. We had 150 new teachers this year. Um, Dang, that's a so lot of interviews. <laughs> it is. It's a lot. And even just from us um, thinking about how do we support them as well. So we've spent a lot of time really thinking about how to engage with and provide resources and support for those uh, new, new people on our team. So I would say as I'm looking for people to join our team at the site-based level, one, it's somebody who connects with kids. It's somebody who's a communicator and connect and unite the school community um, first and foremost. They're a family builder, a team builder. Um, we need people who can, especially in these times that we're living in right now, unite people from different walks of life, different viewpoints, and bring them together and be able to unite them behind a common mission and vision for the school or for the district. And I think that that's probably the first thing I look for. I look for the passion. I look for the energy. Obviously, you need somebody who understands their content. They understand how to connect with kids and families and instruction and all of those good things. Um, but somebody who also can walk the talk, right? Like somebody who can deliver and follow through. And um, But I, I think at the end of the day right now, in the place that we're working and living in, um, it's all about relationships and connection. And I think that if I had to boil it down, I'd want somebody who's really great at that and then teach them all the other things that they need to know. Um, if I had to pick one thing, that would be it. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I always tell people, make sure you like kids. And if you don't like kids, please find something else to do. Uh, but also in your interview, talk about kids. I don't know about you, but I've been on the other side of the table often enough interviewing, you know, new admins when I've been a principal or central office and a candidate will leave and I'll just like look at my notes and I'll say they didn't talk about kids at all. They talk about systems and like the running of the the building, which is super important, but you have 500, 600, sometimes 3000 kids running through that building. I think you really got to definitely focus on them. Danielle, how do you plan your day? Uh, like, do you do it the night before? Do you do it like at a week at a glance? And then with that being said, the best laid plans don't always go how we want them to go. How do you pri prioritize your day when you're when you're in that day? You know, you can have 10 things going on, 15 things going on. You can't do them all at once. And maybe you can't even get through them all in that one day. It's kind of like, what, what's your thought process for that? Well, and I think that the way I approach my day and my calendar now as superintendent is different than what I did previously. And so 
I didn't start by planning my day. I started by planning my year. And what I mean by that is like, I know that especially in these roles, our calendars get gobbled up super fast. Fires happen every single day that divert our focus, that need attention, but we have to schedule our biggest priorities first. And especially with me coming to Winsville with this being such a large, large school, and I've already talked about relationships, relationships, being visible, being out there, having my pulse on the district are critically important to me as a person, but I also think it's critically important to our success as a district. And so I started by planning my year by blocking time to go to every single one of our schools for learning walks every six weeks, um, by blocking time for those those you know meetings with our all admin team or with my cabinet team or with our assistant principal groups so that all of those important connections and times are already on my calendar um, so then i went through and i blocked time for civic organizations and the community relationships and the times that i'm going to have for um, my after school meetings for families or staff or student leadership groups um, and once I had that all on there, then that gives me an idea of how much time I have then to give away for other things, for the other meetings that are going to pop up, the people who, because I am new, now want to set up all of these meetings, <laughs> right? And, and they're important too, but I can't do that at the sacrifice of developing our strong relationships within the district for our administrators, for our board of education, for our teachers and for our staff. It's been critically important for me to be visible in our schools, at our transportation department, meeting with custodians, going to all the back to school meetings for our different employee groups, for our, our uh, child nutrition and cafeteria staff. It's important for them to know that I see them, I value them and that they are a part of this team. And so, that's how I started the year. Now, every single day is a new day and every day brings its own set of challenges that you don't even expect are coming. But then it, since I've already blocked those times, if something needs to get moved, we can move it quickly, but it doesn't fall off the radar. And so yeah. that's what I'd say is that for me, you've got to find the, the pieces that are critically important to your mission um, and to your, your uh, goals for the year, focus there then I do look every day, every night for the next day to double check and prepare. Um, and then we adjust and, and move as needed and pivot as needed based upon what comes, comes the day. Um, but at the same time, my response and my priority all goes back to what is most criti critical for our kids, keeping people safe um, each and every day. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You know, you talked about relationships and I, I need to come up with like a new word, like relationability, because I feel like visibility, relationships matter most. They really do. But I feel like you can't build those relationships and you can't know where your organization is, if it's your entire district, if it's your school, if it's your classroom, if you're not visible. And I love that you're talking about these learning walks every six weeks. And, you know, hey, in a small district, that's hard. In a larger district, that's hard too. So, you know, that visibility piece lends to stronger relationships, lends itself to knowing where you need to go. I think it's so, so important. When do you ask for help, Danielle? Like, when do you know that you need to ask for help? I feel like, you know, if I'm traveling, so, and it's, you know, the, this is not the best analogy because we have phones now, but let's say we're on a vacation with our family and there's no reception and we don't know where we're going. I'm gonna ask for help if I feel like I, I can't figure this out. 
my wife will like never ask for help. She's like, no, don't ask, don't ask. I'm like, but we don't know where we're going. The kids need a snack. The dog has to go to the bathroom. We're almost out of gas. We need to ask for help. When do you know when you need to ask for help? Um, and like, and who do you go to uh, for those things? That's right. I mean, that's a really good question, right? And I think that your answer on when do you ask for help usually depends on the significant nature of the task at hand, right? And what's at stake. Um, and for me, I'm a pretty collaborative person by nature anyway. That doesn't mean I don't take charge and I move because I do <laughs> that too. Um, but I like to set goals with our staff and with our board. And so like this year, we had our board rally around four goals for the year. We've had our, our my cabinet and our administrative team and our district rally around four goals. And so we're really trying to focus our work together. So if it's a priority, it's one of those goal areas, we're going to have those conversations anyway along the way. And if we're hitting stumbling blocks, that's when we're going to have those conversations as a cabinet, or I'm reaching out to board members, or I'm reaching out to my other superintendents. We have a really great tight-knit group of superintendents here in the St. Charles area and the greater um, St. Louis metropolitan area, and we lean on each other. And what's interesting is usually our, our situations that we're dealing with aren't unique to just us right? Like we're all dealing with a similar situation. And so it's not uncommon for us to quickly email or call or reach out and say like, hey, how are you guys handling this? Um, and that's always been a great support to know that, that we have those resources, that I have those connections and resources to be able to get more heads together to solve problems than just my own. Yeah, I love how you think about that. I, th I also think it has me thinking the more collaborative you are along the way, maybe the less that you need to have those, oh my gosh, we need to ask for help, those like panic moments, and they're going to come up regardless, but um, I really like how you think about this. So you are a superintendent, you're a brand new superintendent, you have a spouse, you have kids, you have a life, you're busy. How do you work hard, but not be a workaholic? And this is, this is like, I would say, I'm not going to say an argument. This is a conversation that my wife and I have all the time because she has definitely a different viewpoint on this. She's got a demanding job. You know, she works in medicine uh, and, and I'm always like, you know, honey, you, you can't, you can't always be working. You can't always be at work. I think there needs to be, I don't like the word balance, but how do you work hard without being a workaholic as a, as a busy superintendent, Danielle? Um, I think that's a really great question. And I'm going to say I might not be the best person to ask. Uh -oh. um, I am a work in progress. And so this is what I know. I know that time is critical and it's something we can't produce more of. And so just like before, when I said that I scheduled my year, I'm really intentional about how I use my time. And so definitely when I took this job as a family, we had to have some hard conversations on how are we adjusting? And so there are some days that I get up and I go to work before anybody else gets up in my house. And I come home either at bedtime or after my kids have gone to bed. And those are hard days, right? I can't let that be every day. And I know that. And so I'm certainly working on that so that when I'm creating my calendar for family time, I'm trying to honor that as much as I can too. And I do know that as a new superintendent starting the school year and getting building the relationships that I need to build um, takes considerable, considerable time. And it might not be like this forever. It can't be like this forever. What I'm, what the pace I'm running right now. Um, 
but that is an area that I definitely am a work in progress on. And I try to make sure that anything that's important for my kids or my family, I'm there, um, that I am finding the high priority times for um, outside of school time for here in the district. And we often combine that with family time. So we are um, often going to dinner and then hitting a football game where two of our high schools might be playing. And my kids right now, luckily enough, are at the ages where they still think that's cool. And my <laughs> husband is a good enough sport that he enjoys it too. So um, we capitalize on uh, doing family and work things all together whenever we can. Yeah, no, that's smart. And I don't mean to put you on the spot with that question. I just know like having a family, I mean, gosh, family is family is the most important thing. Yeah, the work that we do is so vitally important, no matter what you do um, in an organization. But I think like, I feel the more that I, I can think about that, and it's right here in the front of my brain, I, I, I actually analyze the things like, do I need to be doing this? Or can somebody else or should nobody or how can we do that differently and more efficiently, um, just to try to spend as much time we can, as we can with our families? Uh, what, what do you enjoy most about being an educator, not even just a superintendent specifically, but just being an, an educator? What, what do you enjoy most about it, Danielle? I mean, I love people. I love our kids. I love working with our staff, our community, like, like they bring me so much joy and they give me so much energy just being around them. I think that in my many years in education, and this is number 20 for district administration for me, um, I love being able to create programs that meet the unique needs of our kids and our communities. And I love getting to plant seeds and watch them grow. Um, I love watching our kids walk across the graduation stage, you know, like, and see them really come into their own and be able to take off on their own journeys as, as successful, confident individuals. Those are the things that I love about education because there's so much good in what happens every day in our schools and in our districts and in our communities. And I just love being able to, to be a part of those journeys and to help share the stories. Heck yeah, no doubt. We love talking about books on this podcast. Do you have a favorite leadership book? Maybe it's in the education space or business or military that maybe you give to all your new hires that are in admin or, or leadership that, that you want to share with the listeners? You know, that's a good question. I think that probably one that I've read in recent years I really enjoyed too was the Sheryl Sandberg Lean In. That's one that I've, I've really um, enjoyed and just taking that opportunity to to really lean in for myself and to provide that opportunity for others. I could not agree more. I've read that book so many times and gifted it to uh, so many people. It's a it's an awesome one. You know, when you when you know, May, June, when your school year is over and you're like looking back on the year, how will you measure success? Maybe as a superintendent or with like your executive cabinet and your board, if you're like, yes, this was a successful year because we the, we did these things or we accomplished these things. What would that look like for you, Danielle? Well, so I mentioned earlier that we really rallied around four main goals this year, right? And so it's all about increasing communication, academic achievement, uh, school safety, and uh, climate and culture. And so, so many of, those things revolve around relationships and communication and being a first year superintendent. That's where I'm living right now is all about communication and um, making those connections and, and creating a positive climate and culture. And so at the end of this year, those are the areas that I'm gonna look at, those four main areas, academic achieve, achievement and then the communication and the relationships and the climate and culture. But at the end of the day, 
making sure our kids have had the safest experience possible, the best education possible, and um, meeting the needs of their individual needs to the best of our ability. That's what I really want to make sure that we're doing each and every day for each kid. Yeah, I love that you all are focusing on on four main pillars. You know, I always say do three to five things really well. Don't do 15 to 25 things with mediocrity. You know, I've seen school districts have 20 strategic goals, and I don't know how the heck you can focus on 20 things because four, they're right there and you can talk about them every day. You can look at them weekly uh, and you can really focus. Danielle, if you could choose one person alive or dead to spend the day with who's not a family member, who would it be and why? Okay, that's a hard one. Very hard. We do not ask easy questions on this podcast, Danielle. <laughs> All right, so, and I'm probably gonna take an answer that you're gonna say is an easy answer. But I think I'm gonna say Oprah, just simply because she has interviewed so many people. Like she has so much information on people from so many different walks of life that I cannot imagine having a boring dinner conversation with her. I think that it would be incredibly um, interesting and insightful. And I think that I would walk away feeling that I just got a whole lot of, of knowledge with her. So I think that that would be my choice. Yeah, I don't think Oprah has been mentioned before and we're like on episode 175. No? So I think that was the first one. I think you're right though. She's She could download so many ideas and experiences or if you asked her, oh yeah, this one time or this one person, she'd be a great person to, uh, to learn and to listen from. Danielle, a big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. So I'm just gonna pass the microphone over to you to close us out. What would you like to say to all the people that listen to this podcast? I, I think I would j just want to say, like, keep on keeping on, like, be yourself, do right by kids, um, bring positivity and light to what you do each and every day, and tell our positive stories. There are so many good stories that happen each and every day in all of our schools across this country, and we need to elevate those voices and those stories so that everyone hears them, because they're important, and what we do matters. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There are so many little amazing moments that are happening in schools every day. And uh, it's up to us and not just the director of communications for the school district, because they see, you know, some of those it's, it's the teachers, it's the counselors, it's the bus drivers, you know, talking about those awesome interactions that happen with students every day. Dr. Danielle Tormala at Dr. Tormala WSD. It's in the show notes. Be sure to follow and connect with Danielle. I'm so glad that you were recommended to have a conversation with. I feel like we could talk for like three hours and our kids could be playing. My kids are about the same age as yours, um, but uh, thanks for your time. I know you're busy as a superintendent and uh, I hope that you keep crushing it in Wentzville. I know you will. Uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of friends in common, so I'm sure our paths will cross the next time I'm in the, um, I'm in the St. Louis area. But uh, thanks again for your time. Everybody listening, thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.